So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey guys, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break, and here is a paid advertisement from a guy whose voice you might recognize. Do you want to invest in real estate without all the work? I mean, like incredible returns, massive tax savings, one of the best inflation hedges of all time without all those headaches that come with it. My name is Brandon Turner, a best-selling real estate author with over a million copies of my book sold. And this here is an ad. That's right, a crummy commercial, but I'm actually not selling anything. I'm offering something. You see, I run a real estate investment company We're called Open Door Capital, where we acquire what's called value-add real estate nationwide to earn great returns for passive investors just like you. We've acquired hundreds of millions of dollars in mobile home parks and apartments, and we recently sold our first fund where we earned our investors over a 35% internal rate of return. And while our past performance is obviously no guarantee of future results, we do believe our track record speaks for itself. Best of all, we have an amazing deal right around the corner right now. So be sure to sign up for our email list at investwithodc.com to be notified when it's open for investment. That's investwithodc.com. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchitegi. Happy June 1st. You guys haven't heard my voice for the last month. I didn't host any of the podcasts in June. For those of you that have been around for a while, you heard a couple months ago that I was going on a sabbatical while uh, my oldest daughter started dealing with some uh, some medical issues that we've been fighting as a family. And and thanks for those prayers. You know, she's battling her and her mom are at a treatment center right now while I'm tra- chasing the other three kids. And we are so hopeful that a few months from now, this will be an old part of our history. You know, something else had happened uh, this month. So not only did my daughter start treatment at that new place, we hosted our two-day mastermind in May where a bunch of you guys flew out from all across the country. And I just want to say how exciting it was to meet so many members of our community, so many people that have been listening to the podcast for years and years and years. They got to come out and we all got to share all of these ideas about what it's like to learn from other people, apply that in our business and really, really grow it. So for you guys listening that were here, I was so grateful to meet each and every one of you. And for those of you that missed it, you've really got to consider joining us the next time we get together. Well, this is one of those special podcasts. This is one of those special podcasts where we go through and we give you a few minute sample of each of the podcasts that happened in May. So you can decide if there are any that you want to go back and listen to again and listen to the full one. I had so many great guests and I had so many great guest hosts do these interviews and I'm actually going to be listening to this podcast so I can figure out which ones I need to go back and listen to the rest of it. So first up was special guest host Elliot Hoyt. He was one of the 30 under 30 guys I interviewed first a couple years ago. Double Your Sales was excellent service. This is episode 1043 where he interviewed Katie McAllister, another 30 under 30 honoree. Here's a few minutes of that one. And how many transactions uh, do you know um, the difference year, year over year? Yeah, I think it was probably 12, and, and this year was probably around 25. Great. So you, you literally doubled it. You went from closing, yeah. you know, oh, on yeah. average one a month to two a month. And that's, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a big jump. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people um, get hung up on the volume, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I think in this market, broadly speaking across the country, we're seeing appreciation so high. I think people are losing sight. Really, it comes down to the size, right? It's the people, individual people, how many you're touching versus just the volume because you could sell the same home two years later that's double the price it was before. So it's good oh, that yeah. you have those metrics. Um, what would you say has been the catalyst that has allowed you to double? What have you been doing that has taken you from 12 to 25? It's a big jump. Uh, I think definitely referrals. I mean, I also think I've sold every single person in my family a house, so that does help. But that's <laughs> besides the point. But um, it, absolutely referrals. I have people that have sent me their parents, their fathers, their sisters, their cousins. I mean, when you treat everybody like they're a million dollar listing, they're going to tell everybody that. It doesn't matter if they buy a silly piece of land, you still need to treat them, you know, like the CEO or something. And then I think that does absolutely pay off. Yeah, that's, that's important. Um, yeah. I, I talk to my guys here about that too, here in, here in Boise. We always say, I always say, service doesn't have a price point. Yeah. Um, and by that, you know, it, it shouldn't matter, right? If it's a $50,000 lot in the middle of nowhere or a $5 million estate home in, in the foothills, um, it, yeah. it's, it's that standard, you know? And I think as an athlete, you can relate to this. I always treat it the same way as working out, right? When you go on a run or you're lifting weights, um, it, it doesn't matter each time you have to put the same effort in, otherwise you don't get better. And I, I know it's kind of extreme. It's an extreme mindset for a lot of people that maybe don't get the athletic side, but it's kind of a, it's a challenge to myself. I don't know about you, but I challenge myself every time. So, okay, let's just do it the same time, same way every time for consistency, right? Absolutely. If, if you coast in anything, you'll never grow. Yep. The, 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 one of my favorite sayings is how, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's yeah. one that that's one that I, I I think of, and that's a motivator for me because I'm not going to lie to you. For myself, there's days I get out of bed and I'm like, oh, today is a tough one. But you, you, I kind of remind myself how you do anything, is how you do everything. So you better put the socks on quick and and dress just as good and, and put the effort in, right? <laughs> Even yep, when you don't feel absolutely. like it. Absolutely, that's the key. That's the key. But, so that so this, so would you say that's a, a that's a theme too? Is is consistency and showing up, just doing the same things regardless oh. of how you feel. Absolutely. And then this is a kind of an individual career, but I do think being a face presence in the office is crucial, especially when it comes to getting to know anybody. I mean, we don't get a lot of walk-ins off the street, although we do have a downtown um, office, but it's important. From where you're at right now, what would you tell an agent who's either looking to get in or who is early or stuck in a rut in their business right now? What would you say? What was one thing you say to them to give them kind of that encouragement? What's the one thing that you say you need to go and do or the one thing you need to think about mentally that's going to get you to where they want to get to? I think in this market, it's a little tricky because, I mean, if you're looking at the numbers of realtors or real estate agents that have joined the industry in the past two years looking for a quick buck is substantial. So if they're in it for the right reasons, hold out. People won't renew their licenses. (laughs) (laughs) And there'll be less competition. I mean attrition no that that's that's a huge point that's a huge point all right if you like that one that was episode 1043 with elliot hoyt interviewing katie McAllister. next up is episode 1044 with guest host kelly skevel she was interviewing bell tunstall how to increase sales by setting expectations early she went from 30 deals in 2019 to 72 deals in 2020 here's a few minutes of that one um i feel like we don't share often enough like um, you know, we all talk about growth and how we've grown since we first started, but like, how did we grow? It was through a lot of times it is through like failures or mistakes or things where you're like ah, lessons learned. Right. So the fact that you're sharing these lessons, um, with all of us, I think is super valuable. 
Oh and yeah. I appreciate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think people, you know, they want to just naturally, we want to like avoid pain as much as possible and in all the areas that it looks right. Pain from telling a client bad news, pain from setting expectations with the client, you know, in fear of, oh, they might fire me. Well, guess what? They'll probably fire you in three months when you've submitted 12 offers and you've gotten blasted out on all of them. So you have to have these conversations up front for listings. If they, if they're unrealistic with the price, they are, you know, gung ho on this Zillow Zestimate or whatever. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, you know, and I'm not encouraging everybody to just, you know, cut ties and, you know, sorry, if they're unrealistic, don't work with them. I'm not saying that, but it's like, we, we go away from pain, but in the end of the day, it will build trust and it'll make you look like the expert and you'll be the hero when you ratify on the first deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can remember in the very beginning, I would be nervous to have these conversations, especially with, um, when I was on the list, when I was the listing agent and the price they wanted to list at wasn't anywhere near what I like had, uh, in my CMA and, you know, in the first couple of times, it was like very awkward. I didn't want to tell them that, you know, it was probably too high. And now I'm just like, hey, listen, like I will list it at what you want to list. I just need you to know that this is what's going to happen if we're too high. It's going to it's going to sit. We'll probably have a lot of showings. Like I go through my whole spiel oh, yeah. with them and I'm like, I'm like, I'm just being honest with you. And they're like, OK, I'm like, but I'm happy to do this. Like, we'll give it a shot. I'm, I'm wrong sometimes. Like, we'll just, see, yeah. you know, see how it goes. And and then, and then when it does kind of follow what I was like, if we're too high, this is what's going to happen. They're not, they're not mad at me. I, I, you know, I set the, I, oh I yeah. Set the I, so. I, yeah. It's been funny. Cause I feel like through social media, I've been able to, uh, like, again, I don't know. I was like in my head when I first got started, I was like, I'm not making an Instagram for work because I need to like, I need to actually be in this industry long enough. I felt like, you know, I feel like a lot of people, they make a career change and then create a Facebook page and all this stuff. And, and then maybe they fizzle out, you know? So I was like, it was more of a slow burn for me. Um, but I was like on a bachelorette in like Tulum with one of my friends before the pandemic. And then, you know, like just seeing past clients or people like seeing my stories and stuff. I was like, I think it's time. I think I need a work page. You know, I was like, I don't think I want, you know, <laughs> my life too intertwined. So during 2020, I did make an Instagram. It was like, I was five years in. So in August I'll be, uh, will be seven, oh my gosh, seven years. Um, and so it's been fun. Cause I feel like, you know, again, the, the job can feel kind of lonely at times. Again, I'm more of a buyer's agent. So I'm driving everywhere, showing all these things, inspections, you know, by myself, if my client can't make it or writing offers on the side of the highway, hot spotting, you know, it's like, and, and what I, I teach a lot of classes on social media and stuff. And what I, what I tell people is like, you're doing this stuff anyways, like just bring people along. Why do we follow influencers and all these famous people? It's because we, we like their life or we, you know, if they're a chef, we want to like learn recipes or if they're, you know, a a trainer, we want to learn workouts. And I feel like with real estate, there's a whole TV thing, HGTV. Like we love it. We love that stuff. We love seeing homes and the drama and, you know, whatever. So for me, I'm like, okay, if I'm doing a home inspection, I'm just going to teach people on it. I was so proud. I always, every time I see a radon system, which is like that, yeah, like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. So I always, <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. So I always <laughs> post pictures of it. Like, I don't know why it's like, if it's working or not. And so yeah. I was so proud. I just had these clients, um, a couple weeks ago, we were ratifying on a new build and the, uh, we were all in a zoom, the 
builder rep was like, oh, and Radon, are you all familiar? And my client was like, oh yeah, from Bell's Instagram stories, but like, yeah. that's all I know. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. So it's just, I think for me, it's actually been helpful too, because the market's so crazy. You're trying to set expectations and I will, I will share screenshots. Of course, I privacy block every, you know, things out, but it's like some responses from agents, you know, that are like, oh, we have 27 offers and you know, whatever. And I'm just like, wow. So it's kind of helpful too, because I feel like a lot of people, they will like, you know, DM or reach out and they're familiar with the market, but then it's just, that kind of puts your foot in the door. And I don't know if I mentioned it, but so I closed 80 deals last year, but 30 came from Instagram. All right. If you want to go hear the rest of that one, that was episode 1044, Kelly Skevel interviewing Bell Tunstall. Next up, this was episode 1045. This one, our special guest host was Stephanie Heiser, and she was interviewing Emily Kazmarek, helping first-time home buyers in a seller's market. She said, things are tough out there for first-time home buyers, and they need competent, compassionate realtors to help them through the process. This was also a 30 under 30 honoree. Here's a few minutes of that one. I think it's important too in this market to really understand what buyers are motivated enough to compete in this competitive marketplace. Um, Because sometimes people will sit through a a webinar, you know, a workshop, or we'll we'll start talking with them and they realize, ooh, I don't know, like if this is the right time for me to buy. And they kind of realize it on their own. They might want to save up some more money. They might you know, they might have like a, a promotion coming in their near future and they want to get approved for more. That's great. You know, we're always here when you're ready, but our job right now is to give you that information. Um, and, you know, obviously we want to make the most of our time so that we're working with the people that are, you know, I'm ready to buy hundred percent, you know, so we can focus our time on those people and not spend so much time showing clients that maybe aren't even, ready to to commit and end up you know having it fall apart when it's under escrow like you mentioned so i you know i think it's that education piece prior to even going out to look at properties is so so important especially in a market like this yeah definitely you don't want a client falling in love with a house and then they just don't stand a chance at the offer at all And then you just wasted your time, you wasted their time. So that's a really, really smart point to get all of your education out, like be very preemptive in your strikes. So that way you save time later. And when you're, you know, spending that time and they may come back to you later when they are more prepared because they have that education versus going through the heartache of having your offer accepted, then feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and getting out of home buying altogether, they're, I would assume, less likely to come back to you and remember Mm -hmm. you because they were just so overwhelmed with the negatives of the experience. Yep. My job, I want to set expectations and educate and then let them come to their own decision. I don't want to be that pushy, forceful agent that's like, you have to buy now, you know, rates are going to go up or, you know, I don't want to put that fear into people. I want to educate them on what's the market like, what, you know, what could we maybe expect in the future? I mean, my lender and I also go through scenarios of like, what, what's the cost of waiting, which is important for them to know, but they also know their own situation and their timelines. So sometimes, you know, it's good to know what, you know, waiting 
could cost you, but at the same time, it just might not be the right time for them right now. And that's okay. I found that that's the best way to make for happy clients and then, you know, educate them now. And, you know, maybe they have to rent for another year, but if they're happy with um, my service, they'll come back in a year. They'll come back in six months and say, Hey, I'm ready to start looking again. And that's the whole goal is to, you know, just establish that trust with people and be that real estate advisor so that, you know, even down the road, you get people coming back and um, they're happy with your service. All right. So that was episode 1045 with Stephanie Heiser interviewing Emily Kazmarek. If you want to go listen to more of that one. Next up, episode 1046. This was special guest host Stephanie Heiser interviewing Oliver Bohr how to brand market and build a real estate business. I got to meet Oliver at the mastermind. He came and spoke so much of what he was sharing was such gold for real estate agents. Here's a few minutes of that interview. Once you've figured out your visual identity and once you've clarified your messaging, now the next step is to get your exposure out. So this is actually a really simple process to get onto the first page of Google. So it's, it's like, analogically speaking, I like to say it's like when you get ready in the morning, right? You put on the right clothes because you've got to represent yourself with everywhere you go, but then you actually have to leave the house. So the messaging and the uh, the visual identity, that's like getting dressed, putting on your clothes, but then you got to get out of the house. You got to get in front of people. So what we do to get onto the first page of Google is first thing is we, we identify what's the location that you want to target, that you want to target. So if let's say you want to target Visalia, your, your title, well, let's say for you, Stephanie Heiser, right? So your Google My Business title would be Stephanie Heiser hyphen realtor in Visalia. Because now when people are typing in realtor in Visalia, you're an exact keyword match. So you would come up. So that's the first thing that we do is we optimize your page for realtor in wherever you want to service. And then the next thing after we've done that is we start going out looking for character reviews as well as performance reviews. So most agents don't think about any reviews. Some agents think about performance reviews, right? So some agents will say, yeah, you, you bought a home for me. I sold your home. Please leave me a review. Very few agents will say to their friends or family, even though we've never done a transaction together, let people know what I'm like as an individual because it's an individual ba- a, a business, right? It's a service-based business. So if you can have your brother, your sister, your friends, anyone attest to the fact that you're a hardworking, ethical individual, those are all qualities that people are looking for in a realtor, Right. So they're entirely white hat. There's nothing unethical about getting a review from somebody to say that you're, you're a hardworking individual because that's what people are looking for. So when you get those kind of reviews from your friends and your family, all of a sudden you may easily be able to get 20, 30, 40 reviews into your Google My Business page. And when you mix that influx of reviews with the fact that you're optimized your Google My Business area for a specific location, all of a sudden you're going to shoot up onto the first page of Google and you'll get listings or at least traction very, very quickly from that. I do this experiment with real estate agents. I read them my company avatar so that they see who I'm trying to attract. And it's a woman called Lynette and she's from Boise, Idaho. And they're like, whoa, this person sounds exactly like me. And it's like, yeah. And it's like a magic trick. They, they're like, how does that happen? It's like, because everything that I'm doing is revolved around Lynette. And you may not be a 52-year-old woman from Boise, Idaho, but you also are not exactly tech savvy, but are very growth oriented, but are a little bit lost in terms of direction, but are willing to work hard. And you have the same kind of values and stuff. It's like my marketing material is based on Lynette. And so it kind of works like that. And I had a client who just the other day was like, and I did this, I did the same exercise with one of my closer clients just to kind of see, just, I was just talking about it with her. 
And she's like, and my client was like, whoa, this is totally me. And it just happens. You just put the vibes out there and the people, the right people will find you. So that means, for example, if, if in your social media strategy, when you're about to post something, your question is, will Lynette appreciate this post or will she not? Right. If you're about to post a motivational post and you know that Lynette's going to cringe at that, like maybe don't post it. So the right people will kind of just find you. Now, in terms of actually following up with the right people when you get them into your pipeline. So this is now we're getting to the second part of the three-part process. So my three-part process is brand, automate, then scale. So we're kind of transitioning over to automate, if that's okay with you. So the second part of it, like I said, is automate. So once your brand is sorted out, the first thing you want to do is you want to identify the, the, the customer journey that your avatar goes on to go from awareness to consideration to conversion to referral. From awareness, knowing you exist, to, conver- to consideration, considering you as a real estate agent, to conversion, buying a home from you, to eventually referring other people to you. So once you can ask the right questions about how do they find me, what questions do they have about me, why wouldn't they see me as a real estate agent, you can literally write content for your Lynette, for your avatar, that answers the questions that they don't even realize they have about you at each stage. All right. If you want to hear more from Stephanie Heiser interviewing Oliver Bohr, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1046. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1047. This is when our special guest, Stephanie Brackett, interviewed Jessica Peters, Closing Deals for Real Estate Developers. Here's a few minutes of that one. Someone was wanting to get into new development as part of their portfolio of things that they do in real estate. Where would you 
give them advice to start? How would they start that? So there's a couple of different ways that you could approach that. It just really depends on like the type of person you are and what ultimately, you know, you're trying to achieve along the way. Um, So what I did is I worked for a top producing team in Manhattan um, when I first got out of college and I worked as an admin. That team specifically specialized in new development. So behind the scenes, I got to see all the ins and outs of how it worked. So when I went from working in the city to working in Brooklyn, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I started calling all of these New York... um, they have these signs on the exterior of the buildings that have like the contractor's name, the builder's, uh, the builder's name, the departments of buildings information. It's basically like a license that allows you to know that the permit was approved for demo or construction. So what I used to do back then is I just used to call everybody and say, hey, do you have a broker? Um, and because it was much less competitive, I you know, learned how to become the big fish in the big pond when nobody wanted to swim there. That's super awesome. And, and mm-hmm. just reaching out. I mean, we said earlier, right? Real estate is a contact sport. You have to be willing to make the contacts and you weren't afraid to pick up the phone. If you were, if it was 11 years ago and you were a rookie agent again, what advice, knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell yourself? I would tell myself two things. Get rid of your ego, <laughs> number one. And number two, work with people that trust and respect you. I think one of the most difficult lessons I learned was I thought that things had to be difficult, that you had to put in the work, that you had to get abused in order to be successful. And that's not true. It creates this really unhealthy relationship um, with your client base. And then it kind of becomes the norm. When I finally, you know, grew out of that and grew a set and believed in myself and saw my value, I completely changed how I operate with my clients. And it's like, if you don't trust me, if you don't want to listen to the advice that I'm giving you, why did you hire me? This is absolutely pointless. So if you want to do something your way or you don't like what I have to say, I respect that. And you can go work with someone else who will you know, carry out your narrative. And I've found that when I've been strong in my position and I've shown the data to back it up, most times I get what I want. And if I don't, I'm totally okay with letting it go. So be okay with letting bad business go. If it's not, it might not be for you anyway. So, and then the respect thing. Yeah. So I love that. Know your worth and and stand up for your worth. Exactly. It's probably, you know, the confidence thing in this business, especially because you really need thick skin um, and in new development, because I don't know what the new development scene is out there, but there's no emotion in development. It's all business. You're not dealing with end users. You're dealing with people who are looking at the bottom line. So if you're messing with their bottom line or you're not transacting quick enough, then you're going to get an earful. And it's not like working with sellers. It's a completely different type of communication. Totally different. They're not attached to the property in any cutthroat form. Exactly. They're, They're attached to the bottom line. So you lived through the recession. What's one thing you learned from the recession that you're going to use if the market turns even slightly? If you know what you're doing and you keep pushing forward and you use data and you learn from your mistakes, there will always be successful good brokers in bad markets. Because when there are bad markets, if people are going to list, they're going to go to the best. So those people will do well regardless. Mic drop. All right. If you liked that one, remember to go listen to the rest of episode 1047, Closing Deals for Real Estate Developers with Jessica Peters, interviewed by our special guest host, Stephanie Brackett.
All right, next up we have episode 1048. This was special guest host Kimberly Meserve interviewing Kale Walker. If somebody wanted to build up a social media presence, you have an amazing following that you've built up. What advice would you give to someone that says, you know, I, I want to get into the social media more. Maybe I want to start a TikTok, but I don't know what to do. Well, you know, for me, it's, it's being, you have to be consistent on social media and finding your niche is important. And that might take some time to find that niche. And so, you know, I would say if you can, if you can just, just start posting, right. And that's the biggest way to figure out what your niche is, is you have to just start posting. I think a lot of people get um, almost like analysis paralysis where they're like, ah, it's just, it's so much out of that. They don't do anything. Right. And you know, real estate and social media, as you, you really have to just, the system's already there. You just got to kind of go follow other people and see what they're doing and bounce ideas off of them. Um, you know, so finding somebody on social media that, you know, you might want your Instagram or TikTok or to look like and just kind of almost do something similar, but in, with your own twist, just study. You have to study on social media. You have to study the trends. You have to study the you know, the different sounds and the people that are successful, the people that have what you want, you just got to study them and, and get ideas. And like I said, you have to just start posting and don't care what people are, 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 you know, you can't worry about, and it's easier said than done, but you can't have that. Uh, I'm worried about what, what other people think about me. Like we all get those, those, uh, those little scaries, but once you overcome that, I mean, the sky's the limit. And it took me a while, but once you get it, once you get leads from it, then it gets addicting. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about some goals that you guys have for this year. Are you doubling your business again? What, what do you have set for a goal? So me personally, um, at the beginning of the year, I had a goal that I wanted to sell 100 homes this year. Um, and that is, you know, it didn't seem, un it's not unattainable for me because I've doubled every year that I've been in this business, but I started to realize that I had to talk to way more people to get to that point, which is okay. But I just decided as of the last month or so that I'd rather um, have quality over quantity. And I would rather sell 60 to 70 homes at a higher price point than a hundred homes at a lower price point. Um, I'm all about wanting to work smarter and not necessarily harder. I do think you, I, I'm, I'm a hustler. Trust me. I'm, I'm, I, I love the grind. I work really hard. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I would like to start working smarter and more efficiently, um, versus, you know, I don't think I need to sell a hundred homes. I just want to sell quality homes, um, and have quality interactions with my, with my clients. And so as a team, I think we're all kind of on that same page. Keaton, my business partner, he wants to sell 100 homes. He's on. He's on a mission to do that, and uh, we're we're we're, get, we're trying to get him there. But as a team, I think we're just trying to really fine tune our systems and and um, make sure the experience with uh, our customers is 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 top notch. So I'm I've toned it down a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know. Some of us forget what having a life looks like. So it sounds like you're really approaching this in a smart way of like, why don't I work the same amount, but make more money because I'm working with a higher price point. If you like that one, go listen to the rest of 1048. 
with Kimberly Meserve interviewing Kale Walker. That was another 30 under 30 award winning from Realtor. All right, next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1049. This was a special guest host, Stephanie Brackett. I interviewed Stephanie at the Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind. She is so great at ops. And on this one, she interviewed uh, Travis Halverson with a subject of an inside look at real estate ISAs. Here's a few minutes. I know when you and I talked a couple of weeks ago, one of your biggest pain points was you were setting too many appointments. Yes, yes. Too many <laughs> which appointments. Is a, which is a fabulous problem to have. Exactly. How, how did you combat that? I mean, basically what you're telling me is you had a lot of leads coming in. You guys mm-hmm. were a lead generation machine and you're generating these leads. You're getting the leads in the door and then you guys were so good at converting them. You're actually getting more appointments than you have time available for agent slots. So how did yep. you combat that? So we always look at it as like the, it's just the, the, the generic LP mama, like the time frame, the location, price, things like that. We always say like one out of 90 days is a good, is a good time frame for someone to buy. You get 30 days to identify a property, 30 days close on a property, and then like 30 days for any type of hiccups to come on in between. And then we'd set an appointment. We lived in that so heavily to the point where it was like, okay, hey, we're setting too many appointments that are 90 days out. But with those appointments still set, potentially sitting longer than 90 days, we were like, hey, let's just tweak a little bit of what we're doing, keep doing everything the same, but let's just actually just dial it back a little bit. And we'll say one to 60 days. We'll say one to 60 days is the time frame. If they tell us one to 60 days, then we'll set the appointment instead of one to 90. Because if they say one to 60, there's still that gap in that time for the 90 day window. We didn't tell the agents we're doing one to 90. We as ISAs decided to make the adjustment to do one to 60. Have, ha- have had no drop balls. Um, we haven't seen any type of issues with it, but we've changed it a little bit. And we're starting to see that one out of nine that I talked about um, actually go down toward about a one out of seven right now. So it's been pretty nice just to see just one month of tweaking certain aspects of the LP Mama sheet, seeing how we can actually increase the productivity of our ISAs. I love that. And I love the fact that you guys are tracking your data so closely. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you guys, even when I was with you guys originally, when you taught me, I was always just all about the numbers and tracking out things like work like that. Scott's a big numbers guy too. So he, he showed me those numbers and I haven't looked back since. So it's funny. I, you know, I talked to a lot of people in a lot of different aspects of real estate. And I can tell you that the ones that are most successful are the ones that actually track their data and know their numbers because they're able to make those adjustments. You made oh, yeah. that adjustment based on data. Oh, yeah. All right. So tell me what technology you're using right now to get people to respond to you. ISA job is not a fun job because you get told no a lot and you're just dialing, 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 dialing. What have you changed and switched up to try and get people to respond to you and answer your calls? Yeah, yeah. So no, I definitely that is the main thing about an ISA. If they don't have thick skin and they can't take no from the first time and just dig a little bit deeper, they're gonna have such a tough time. But what I've actually started to implement, like well, as of right now, I've changed things up to my personal responses. Um, I haven't told the other ISAs how to do it yet or like put it out just because I wanted to see like the feedback that I was getting from the people that I'm working with. But I've like really implemented video texts like after every meaningful conversation over five minutes. So anytime I talk to someone, um, and I have a good conversation, I get everything dialed in and I get all of their stuff, but they're still about six months to a year out. I will go ahead and send a video text to them just so they can put a face to a name. Um, and just to give it that little extra personal touch. Um, I just send these videos through like our CRM, which is like follow up boss. So I just like record it through like a 
online app that I just use um, at my computer and I'll just copy the link and send it through FUB. Um, we also use things like call action, which like fully integrate it, um, which makes the amount of success like with our YLOPO leads that we're getting, like the returns is just 10x, especially with the leads that are coming through to us at PPCs at least. So, Okay. So what are you saying on those little video clips? What is that message? What's the script? So the script that I'll basically say is, hey, um, hey, Stephanie, just wanted to reach back out to you. I told you I'd send you this video just so you can put a face to a name. Um, I really appreciate the conversation we had. I went ahead and sent over some listings. Um, if you want to go ahead and let me know if you're receiving those, I'll check back in a week to make sure that you got them um, if I don't hear from you. But um, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And then I'll just send that through. Amazing. It's so personalized. And they feel like I wasn't just talking to someone in you know, another country or in exactly. some called massive call center somewhere. They see it's you, they see your face, they connect it. And then, and oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I try my best to make sure that personal touch stays with all my clients that we talk to. All right. If you want to hear more of Stephanie Brackett interviewing Travis Halverson and where they go deep into real estate ISAs, go listen to the rest of 1049. Next up, we have special guest host Stephanie Brackett on episode 1050 interviewing Jessica Hubbard. No sphere, no problem, niche marketing with Jessica Hubbard. Here's a few minutes of that one. We're talking about our niche and educators, but I think the one of the key things for anybody to take away and looking for your niche, I am not telling people to go out there and build a niche of educators. That that's not what you should do. What you should do is, you know, take those three things, merge them together and figure out what your sweet spot is. You know, my, my sweet spot is not, you know, veterans. I'm, I'm not a veteran, you know, for me to go into the world of veterans and try to act like I know what they've gone through is a disservice to them. A hundred percent. And so, I mean, we love helping our veterans and taking care of them, but for us to try to pretend that that is, you know, what we know is, is inaccurate. Right. Okay. And there's a million, I mean, I can think right now off the top of my head, a million different niche markets that someone could get into. You know, you said police officers, mm -hmm. you could do horse lovers, you could yep. do people that own boats that are just big into the boating scene mm -hmm. that live on a lake. There's a million different things that you could go do and, and it could be your niche, but you have to have some connection yes. to those people. Mm -hmm in order to make it real and make it so that you're providing value and you're not just right. after making money on these people. Yeah. Yep. The niche marketing, it, it takes a lot before you get anything back. You have to be, and, and farming does that too. Like it, it's not a short play. It's not uh -huh. a, yeah. yeah, it's not a calling an expired listing or a FISBO and maybe you have a listing the next day. It's a, it's a long play. Yep. And um, so you have to you have to be able to put that time and effort into it and be okay with the results that you get back. Yep. I love that. That's true. It's a hundred percent true. You have to be willing to and it's like that with anything, honestly. People always think that this real estate thing, I'm just gonna jump in and I'm gonna start mm -hmm. doing it and I'm gonna see results immediately. And they give up. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll work a little while and they'll give up. But the ones that are really successful are the ones that are consistent for a long period of time mm -hmm. at the same thing. Yeah. All right, guys. And that is a wrap. That was the best of the best. Those were our podcasts from May. Can you believe 2022 is almost halfway over? You got one more month left in this quarter. 
those goals you started the year with, how are you looking on them? How are you doing? I can't wait to go listen uh, to, to all of those podcasts that we just did a few clips of because there was so much gold in this podcast. As always, thank you so much for being listeners. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.